Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. I'm James Chambliss, your host, Old Hat, and this is episode 45 of the Old Hat Podcast. I am really glad you are here. Thanks for listening. And thanks for sharing the podcast and telling your friends. Based on the traffic I'm seeing, that has to be happening. So I appreciate that. The more the merrier, I say. And thank you to uh, Rebecca, who said I had a very soothing voice. I'm glad to hear that. And thanks to all of you who have been so encouraging as we've gone through this. Especially appreciate the many kind words that you've sent me about the podcast with my friend Ginger. Uh, I'm glad you like that, because we're going to do it again on Wednesday. And I have questions for her this time. So if she knows so much, she has spent so long in education that I really am going to pick her brain just a little bit on Wednesday. That's when we're going to do that. It's Monday currently, and you're probably watching the football game or something. I don't watch much football anymore unless it's live and in person. So I'm free to podcast on Monday nights. And the TV is not free anyway because my bride is watching dancing on television and we have our priorities so I'm down here podcasting instead of watching dancing or football I don't mind watching live football and I love to dance myself but watching other people do it doesn't do anything for me so here I am with you and I'm glad to be here and I'm glad you're here y'all ever travel and play that license plate game on the highway I've heard a bunch of different variations of it but some of it's like bingo you know, you, you see a plate from somewhere else and you mark it down and you got that one. And if you see it first and they can't use it or some people, you know, you see a plate from somewhere, you hit the person next to you. I had a lot of sisters. I learned early I didn't need to hit anybody or I was going to get beat up pretty hard. And if they're listening, y'all know it's the truth. So I, I was the kid that sat in the middle on the hump over the transmission in the back seat. So I really was in a bad place because anybody saw anything that they needed to slug somebody, it was going to be me for sure, right there in the middle. Maybe that was you. If it was, we survived. That's the good news, and we're tougher for it, I'm sure. And my sisters aren't near as mean as they used to be. I'm pretty happy about that. Well, today we went to town just to run some errands, and we could have played the license plate game here in our little town. That was really funny. We didn't expect to see it. We saw plates from all over America, and just it that's happening more and more and more. Today, we saw Tennessee and Idaho and New York and Alaska. Boy, that was a long drive, wasn't it? All those were long drives to get here. Tennessee's not too bad, but that's still a long drive. You drive from here to Memphis, you've done something, in my opinion. And I've never driven to Idaho or New York, so or Alaska for that matter, so I don't know how long that would take. But a lot of people are moving to Texas. I don't know if you're in Texas or just going to move here soon, but welcome. If you're new to Texas, I've run into a lot of people lately. It's just happening more and more as people move down here, and it's a pretty friendly place to be, and I, I can prove that. Now, that's just not my opinion because I'm from here. I can actually prove that from some recent interactions. and I thought I'd tell you about a couple of those and let you decide for yourself how friendly people are here. There's a little convenience store out on the highway here that I stop in from time to time. Friendly folks there usually that work there that I know. Occasionally crazy people that shop there, and that's got to be true because I'm one of them sometimes. One time I was in there and I was, I'd been working all day and my jeans were dirty and my shirt was torn and I was wearing my oldest hat, straw hat that I work in. And uh, 
fell in front of me and I got to talking and uh, he said, how you doing? I said, I am tired. And he said, you sure look like you, you look like you've had practice at that too. <laughs> so I'm not sure that was a compliment, but it wasn't wrong either. So I just took it. But one day this week I was in there and I, I just was going to run in and run out. I didn't intend to be there very long. And there was a woman checking out in front of me and she was digging through her pocketbook looking for money. I didn't know what she's looking for, but I heard the cashier tell her it was going to be a dollar and seven cents. And I thought the woman was looking for seven cents. And she said, I can't believe I'm going to have to put this small amount on a debit card. That's embarrassing, but I can't find my cash. And y'all, I wasn't being nice so much as I was being in a hurry, but I said, I will spot you that. And she turned around and she said, you what? I said, I'll, I'll get that for you this time. You can just pick me up next time. And she said, I can't believe that. You're really going to pay that for me. And I said, yes, I am. And tossed a $5 bill up there. And the girl that works there was grinning at me because she wasn't surprised by any of that. But this woman was just gobsmacked. She couldn't believe somebody would spend a dollar and seven cents on her. And she said, I swear, Texans are so friendly. And I said, yes, ma'am, we should be. She said, they're as friendly as Canadians. And now there were a lot of people behind us in line at that point that were trying to figure out if that was a compliment or not. But y'all, I have been to Canada, and that is a compliment. Now, it can get a little edgy if you start talking politics. That They have a different view than a lot of us down here in Texas do. But if you avoid that, you can have a lot of friendly conversations in Toronto and even Montreal. It's funny, when I was in Canada, I wore my black felt hat because it's cooler up there, so you can wear a felt hat pretty much any time of year, and everybody in Toronto and Montreal just assumed I was from Calgary, where the Calgary Stampede is, and they have cowboys out there, so they just assumed I was from Canada and from out in Calgary. No, I'm from Texas, and then they had questions. Everybody has questions. When you find a real-life, genuine Texan in your country, you have to ask them questions. And it's probably all true. What you've heard and seen in the movies, it's probably pretty accurate. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know, but it does turn out to be that way. And, you know, I was worried about going to Montreal because they, they speak English and French there, but really they prefer French for the most part. And all the signs are in two languages, English and French. So you can be confused in two languages in a foreign country. I was pretty good at that. But, you know, I've heard all my life about how people that talk French get mad if you mispronounce anything. And I thought, well, I'm going to be in trouble in Montreal then because I don't speak a word of French. I can probably mispronounce a bunch of it, fromage and things like that. <laughs> but there's no way that's going to go well. But, you know, I found out those people are very friendly, and they'll actually teach you French if you'll be patient with them uh, and try and learn something from them. I was really worried about, uh, you know, the waiters show up and ask you in French what you want, and you go, you know, I'm from Texas, and we don't, I don't speak French. And they just switched to English, and were just as friendly as they could be. So it was a nice place. I enjoyed my time up there. So I knew what she meant, and she meant that Canadians are very friendly, and she was right. They are. That's where she's from, and she was very friendly. I told her Texans were probably friendly for the same reason Canadians are. And Minnesota, if you've been to Minnesota, very friendly people. Really, it's true a lot of places where, you know, if you've ever been to, like, West Texas, you could drive for two or three hours and not see another human sometimes out there. And if you break down, you really want somebody to stop. And if you see somebody broke down, why, well, you think about how badly you'd want help, and so you stop and help them. 
Canada is the same way. Not very many people up there, and you can be a long way in between things without seeing very many people. You want somebody to stop if you need help, so you stop when you see somebody needing help. It just keeps everybody real friendly knowing they're dependent upon one another. And it's good to be nice just because you're nice. That's a good thing, too. I try and do that. Anyway, so she and I actually talked. She and It turns out that she works for a woman that I just really think the world of. And I told her, I said, if you'll tell your boss that a cowboy, that you met a cowboy that loves her today, I bet she'll know exactly who you met. It'll be fun to find out if that happens or not, too. And then another time this week, well, last week now, because it's Monday, I was in uh, one of my favorite stores. I really don't like going there, but I go there a lot. And I got confused and turned around like I often do there. I spend, and when I go to that store buying home improvement items or things for the garden or whatever I'm working on, I spend about 50% of my time there wandering around and about 20% of the time trying to figure out which item to buy when I finally find it and about 30% of my time trying to check out. That's really how it works at Home Depot for me. I just really... It's not a go in and get things very often, but but I have found if I go in and walk very quick to the aisle, I know exactly where something is, somebody will inevitably follow me because they're like, well, he knows where he's going. Maybe he knows where I need to go. And if you act like you know where you're going at that store, somebody will ask you if you know what they're looking for, where it is. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) but I don't usually know where I'm going either. So I was wandering around and You know, if you don't go with a list to a place like that, you can come on with some stuff you just flat do not need. Do you ever do that? I have learned the hard way just not to go in a grocery store of any kind without a list, and that's true for any store. If I need something, I need to write down what I need, and when I find something I really want, I need to look down at my list, and if it's not on there, I need to not buy it. And that's particularly true when I'm at Lowe's or Home Depot, because I find a lot of stuff in there I'd like to have. Not on the list, James. Don't take it. All right, put it back. I'm going to go about my business. Well, I was looking for something in particular. I don't remember what now. But I was going in and out of the nursery door. You know, you can go outside and then turn around and come right back in because you still didn't find what you were looking for. And that's what I did. And that aisle was a mess. They were busy. We'd had one cool day, and so they put a bunch of uh, fire pits out, you know, because one cold day in Texas is cool. It wasn't even cold, y'all. One cool day, everybody needs to run out and buy fire pits. You know, if it's uh, if it's raining, when you walk in the door, there'll be a big display of umbrellas. So you didn't go in to get an umbrella, but boy, it's raining. You better get an umbrella. Well, it's a little harder to set out a display of fire pits than it is umbrellas but they had managed it and they had really clogged up an aisle trying to stack these things around where we would all go oh it's chilly I better buy me a fire pit and there was this woman coming down that aisle the opposite direction from me and she was moving slow like you do when you're wandering around looking for stuff and and she had just about decided she probably needed a fire pit (laughs) but I had looked at my list and knew I did not need a fire pit and so I said excuse me and tipped my hat went by her and I said, I said, hello. Well, that's what I think I said, but I know what I really said because I'm a cowboy. Anyway, I got past her and I was wandering on and then she said something and that you couldn't have been talking to anybody but me because it was just me and her and a bunch of fire pits. So I turned around to see what she had said. Now, she had a mask on and, and she said, I am smiling so big under this mask right now. 
And y'all, before I had a chance to tell her that her joy was pretty obvious, I could see it even if I couldn't see her smile, she said, I just moved to Texas, and you were the first man to tip his hat at me. Y'all, she was granted. That was the greatest thing that had happened to her. And before I could say, you know, I'm glad I was the first, she said, did you say howdy? I said, well, yes, ma'am, I did. But when I say it, it usually sounds like Heidi. But that is, yes, ma'am, I did say that. She said, I have had the real Texas experience now. I'm so happy. I'm I'm so happy that really happens down here. (laughs) And it really does happen down here sometimes. Now, y'all, she may not see another cowboy tip his hat at her in a long time. I just don't know how many people are doing that anymore. But if you see me... And my hands aren't full, I will tip my hat and say, Heidi, nine times out of ten. But she was sure happy. I didn't even get a chance to ask her where she moved here from. But she was sure happy that we had had our little meeting of the minds there, and I was too. We had a good time. I do tip my hat a lot. I was uh, took my one, of my, straw, my one of my felt hats into uh, my favorite hat bender, and the, my favorite hat bender wasn't there. There was a young man there bending hats. You can take them in and have them steamed. Y'all, felt hats are expensive. Straw hats aren't as expensive. Even an expensive straw hat isn't all that bad. And you can get a cheap straw hat. It is really hard to get a cheap felt hat. But I often will let children play with my felt hats, and I won't let them play with my straw hats as often. Because if you step on a felt hat, well, you take it to a good hat bender and they'll straighten it out. If you step on a good straw hat, well, you got to throw that in the trash and go get another one because the straw will break where the felt will just bend. And if you know a good hat bender, why, they'll fix it for you. And so I went up to Cavender's, which is where my favorite hat bender is. But like I said, he wasn't there. And there was a young man there bending hats, and I told him I had little accident with my hat, could you straighten it out? And he was working on it, and he was trying to clean it. And I didn't think to tell him it was a work hat. You don't really have to clean it. Just fix it. It's bent. But they're conscientious fellows, and they work for tips. They don't charge for this, just whatever you think it's worth. And I usually think it's worth a lot. But he was working on cleaning it and cleaning it. And there's a spot on my the brim of my hat where there's a lot of grease from my fingers. And he said, sir, if you'll you know, if you'll quit to tipping your hat like that, then this won't be as messed up. And about that time, my favorite hat bender, the older fellow, walked up and he said, there is no point trying to tell that man not to tip his hat. You are wasting your time. <laughs> that one's okay. That's a sign of a man that knows what a hat is for, tipping it at pretty girls. And I will absolutely do that without any warning at all. Because it's the friendly thing to do, and I like being friendly for the most part. If people will let you be friendly, what is it the Bible says, as far as it is up to you, be at peace with everyone? I try that. Now, not everybody, you know, you don't always get that option, do you? That's unfortunate, but it's true. And so sometimes you do what you have to do. But it's good to have a, an automatic response of being nice. Now, see, I have to have an automatic, I have to think hard about saying nice things because, y'all, I just think it and I say it. If I have a thought in my head, it's probably going to come out my mouth. So I have to think about nice things all the time. Or when I get surprised by somebody, I might they say something not nice. One of the things that automatically comes out of my mouth is, you know, be at the grocery store or somewhere and a, 
a woman will stop in front of me and I'll have to go around her. And she said, oh, I beg your pardon. And I always say the same thing. Pretty girls are never in the way. And y'all, I say it if they're 16 or 80. It just doesn't make any difference. It's That's just the right thing to do is say something friendly. And you know, I'm old enough and wearing a cowboy hat. Most people will take a compliment from me. Some people don't know how to take compliments, do they? Do you know how to take compliments? If somebody said something nice to you, I can tell you the secret. You want to hear it? It's real easy. You just say, thank you, and move on. Even if you don't believe it's true, even if they said they like something about you that is your least favorite thing about you, you don't have to tell them that. All you have to do is say, thank you. If you start covering, you know, back up and fill and say things like, well, I can't believe that's true, well, then they're going to start thinking, well, I've upset this person by complimenting them. And two things happen. They won't compliment you anymore, but they may not compliment anybody else either. You don't want to stop that. That's a nice thing. So just say, thank you. That's easy. You can do that. And you know, if you get in the habit of saying thank you for compliments, people will pay you more compliments. And you know what? The more compliments you get, the more you'll start to believe it. Like I actually believe my voice is kind of soothing because I'm hearing it so much So I don't think that much of my voice, but I just say thank you because those are good compliments and I like hearing that. You can do the same thing as me. Sometimes the nice things you do just make more work for yourself. I don't know about you, but that happened to me. One of the things, I had three things on my list, a new weed eater, some tulip bulbs if they had any, and some bird seed if they had any because the cardinals that live around here sure unhappy with me not loading my feeders back up in a timely manner. And I found one, but it was a big 20-gallon bucket full of seed. So I'm not sure how I'm going. I'm going to have to get a cup or something to move that stuff. <laughs> Can't you just see trying to pour out of a 20-gallon bucket into a little bitty, the top of a little bitty bird seed feeder? <laughs> we'll have a big pile of bird seed in the yard if that's what I end up doing. So I'm going to have to find a solution to that. But when I, I bought my stuff, I found a lot of tulips. My wife loves tulips, and so I'm going to plant a bunch for her again this year. And I found a weed eater, and you probably don't care about weed eaters a whole lot, but it's got a rechargeable battery, so you don't have to fill it up with gas. Y'all, you can do an awful lot of work and not smell like oil and gas, and I like that. I don't need a lot of weed eater. I hire help for that. (laughs) My son does that. But I just, every once in a while, I see a little patch that bothers me, and I don't need to crank a big weed eater. I just need a little battery powered. So it's really kind of nice. It's like getting, you know, one of those handheld vacuum cleaners and cleaning something up right quick. That's how I'm using this weed eater. I'm really liking it. But when I went to check out, I had a whole bunch of tulips, and I had this uh, weed eater, and then some string for the weed eater. And I, I rang all that up and left. And I got to the truck and put everything in my truck and saw the bird feet on the bottom and went, did I pay for the bird seed? And I looked through the receipt, and guess what? I stole the bird seed, as it turns out. Well, I hadn't stolen it yet, but had I driven off at that point, I would have stolen it. So I picked up the 20 pounds of bird seed and hiked back through the parking lot and went back in. And I, I went to that same grumpy checker that had missed the bird seed in the first place, the self-checkout. That's where the grumpy checker always is when I'm there. And the lady that's there helping said, you're back. I said, yes, I forgot, you know, this was on the bottom of the cart and I didn't pay for it. She said, and you came back? And I went, well, yes. I didn't want my grandmother to find out I had stolen birdseed. And she said, well, that was a really nice thing of you to do. 
So it was a lot of work, but it was a nice thing to do. And you know, if you find yourself in the parking lot with 20, pound, 20 pounds of birdseed you didn't pay for, I hope you go back in and pay for it because that's a nice thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And doing the right thing will usually make you pretty happy. It won't always make you happy, but it'll make you feel good because doing the right thing is the right thing. Well, there you have it, friends. Just a story about a lot of people moving to Texas, and I guess we'll have to have a conversation about what they ought to know about Texas because it's possible if you just move to Texas that you don't even know which end of a cow gets up first. Do you know which end of the cow gets up first? Well, it doesn't matter if you don't know. You, you know, you can't help it if you were raised on concrete. If you grew up in the city, you may never have seen a cow get up. But I'll tell you, so that you'll know in case anybody asks, the back end of the cow gets up first. When they're laying down, they push their butt up in the air first, and then they pick up their front end. <laughs> it's very ungainly, bless their hearts. I'm, I'm, they're not very graceful creatures or cows, as it turns out. But now you know, but we may need to do a whole podcast of things that people that are moving to Texas need to know about now that they're here. That could be a lot of fun. I may need to ask Ginger about that. We'll talk about that on Wednesday when we're together. But for tonight, I just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you this evening, right now. And I'm asking the Lord to bless you with all of the good things that I want you to have. And I'm praying over all of the many, many decisions that you have to make at this stage in your life. And I decided since I was praying for you to make good decisions that uh, you might not mind me passing along a few things that I've learned over the years that help me make decisions. It works for the big ones and the small ones, so here you go. The first one is so simple that you might just miss it. It's this. You have all of the tools you need to do all of the things that God has prepared for your hands to accomplish. They're just for you. Job's just for you. You're prepared for that, and you're ready, and you know enough to make a start, and you're smart enough to learn on the job how to do the best that you can. And you know, you've proven yourself over and over and over again there is no one in this world I would trust more to make these decisions about your life than you. You're good at it. You're doing a good job with that. And the next thing comes in real handy for the big, difficult decisions. When you have to make a choice and you have several choices, several options, and all of the options seem equally good or equally bad, as the case may be, the choice that requires the most faith from you will always contain the most blessings. And that has helped me make a lot of hard decisions. The thing that requires the most faith will always contain the most blessings. And that'll help you make a big decision sometimes. And the last thing is always such a comfort to my mind when I remember it. Sometimes, and I'm reminding you so I'll remember it too, sometimes we have to make decisions about things that are way out in the future. Like picking, you know, your your senior year of high school, you're supposed to pick what your major is going to be in college. And that's kind of daunting if you don't know what it is you want to do with the rest of your life. But sometimes we have to make those decisions about things that are off in an unknown future. And when that happens, I need you to remember that you only have to solve the immediate aspects of the problem. And, and this is the important part. You can change your mind later. You can make that decision and you can change your mind later and do something else because you have the authority to make your decisions in your life. And I'm going to continue to pray for wisdom in your courageous mind because you are very brave. Do you know that you have to be scared 
to be brave. So if you aren't scared, you can't be brave. You're very brave. I'm praying for peace in your beautiful soul because I know you're worried about so much. And I'm praying for joy in your loving heart because you do love a people well. And I hope that brings you joy because it should. I want you to remember that you're loved with an everlasting love. And I want you to know that I really do believe the best is yet to come.